Good evening. This is Dr. Dan. Welcome to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the Inland Pacific Northwest. Today is the 13th of November and the year is 2021. Indeed, we've got, what, six more weeks left of this year. Uh, so we also have a, several more lectures to finish off this discussion of aging. Uh, and I do promise we're almost at the end. But I've got to do some more of this detail about the immune response, the immune aging that occurs that is related to the comorbidities and ultimately the mortality of um, humans. Now, what I want to emphasize is that the aging process can be recognized as an immunosenescence which is a natural occurring modification of the both the innate and the acquired immune responses and all the different cell lineages that you all should be quite acquainted with. And I'm going to go into detail with that this evening. But I also want you to understand that there's this immunoaging, which is a, an effect of the immune response on the aging process. So while the immune system starts to change into a direction that leads to an aging phenotype, that would be senescence and all the different cellular lineages, the immune system itself can cooperate in the aging process. And that's what I'm thinking about when I refer to immunoaging or immune aging. Okay. So there are two different processes going on. And it fits quite nicely with our understanding of how the genome and the environment interact and that always delocalized like an electron, like a pi electron around a bond, always delocalized is this immune system which interacts between the genome and the environment. And then it marshals in an epigenomic alteration, which is caused by epigenetic changes, right? Which basically is a modification of gene expression that can either be elastic or plastic that we have, I think, discussed in some detail in several of the lectures. So let's get back into this discussion. And we're going to be talking about a paper in Immune Aging published in 2020. We've looked at this paper before. I'm going to give you more detail of it. I'm going to remind you of some things. Now, aging and interestingly enough, the chronic disease associated with obesity are both associated with immunosenescence. And so that's basically a phenotype that at least in the literature has been pretty much diagnosed as an immune compromise and or an inappropriate targeting of host cells, which would, of course, mean an autoimmune activity. So the phenotype was first characterized as an immune deficiency. That's when it was first described in the literature. And so that's kind of stuck with it, even though it's not always an immune deficiency, because we know we can get a rapid induction of inflammatory response and that's certainly not an insufficiency, right? So you have to keep both of those poles in mind. So 
first described as an immune deficiency, but it does act that, that really fails to describe the molecular subtlety um, that is really described as an under controlled response. And what I mean by that, you get a transition from poor surveillance and then response, such as an attack of a true pathogen, to what could be also better described as a misguided or misoriented overcompensation, even in association with commensal organisms, such as in biofilm of the gut, that can result in a pathophysiological reorganization of those protective biofilms. And of course, where you're going to see this most often is at the mucous membrane, where the environment impacts at the highest level of threshold. So immunosenescence also includes, and this is basically from a medical point of view, the deficient response to vaccination. So you get a decrease in vaccination efficacy. And you also get a decline, interestingly enough, in one very important cell lineage that is natural killer cells. And natural killer cell gets modified enough because of alteration in cytokine and growth factor responses that you get start to get NK cells functioning against host cells, which would mean an autoimmune response, very localized. And so this has been described at the molecular level by epigenomic modifications. Now we see this often when we look at tumors. So a lack of tumor detection and then of course elimination is a very important phenotypic characterization of immunosenescence, okay? So these aging associated malfunctions appear and present even in younger individuals who have been on prolonged anti-inflammatory pharmaceuticals, such as corticosteroids. You also get this from a host of other prescribed drugs, such as those used in neuropsychiatry, but also in metabolic disorders. And again, think about middle-aged people, cardiovascular disease. Many of those pathologies require <clears throat> drugs which will alter the immune response. So you get also associated with this, a strong representation of the immunosenescent response in cancer patients and in folks in general suffering from chronic autoimmune diseases, typically of the nervous system. Think about lupus or arthritis, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, both. And of course, this is going to function in they uh, into organ systems. And so you can start to talk about lung, liver, kidney, blood, adipose, skeletal muscle, pancreas, GI tract, and of course the central nervous system. Any dysfunction of those major organ systems can be impacted by immunosenescence and can lead to failure in that response. So immunosenescence is not really due to a lack of immune cells, that is, total number of cells in circulation or embedded in moving through tissues, but it's more to do with a reduced immune repertoire diversity. And that is typically attributed to an insufficiency of the production of naive immune cells, like 
for example, in association with thymic involution. But this can also be amplified by an alteration in the oligoclonal expansion of memory immune cells. All the memory cells then that can go through a clonal expansion, therefore derived from and then targeting a specific molecular epitope at the level of pattern recognition receptors. So immunosenescence is linked to aging directly because it's linked to pro progressive atrophy of these responses. And, and the major function of a specific organ region, and we call that thymic involution. I spent a lot of time talking about that in the past. Now that phenomenon is readily observed in all vertebrates, and it's gonna result in structural alterations in the thymus, as well as a functional decline ultimately results in significantly reduced thymic output of naive T lymphocytes, and that will then reduce the diversity of the T antigen receptor repertoire, the TCR receptor repertoire, and that will culminate in a disorganized and disrupted T cell homeostasis. Now, keep that in mind. Now, tumor cell signaling Okay, we'll jump right into this. This is a paper published in Aging in 2019. I'll put it in the show notes. Tumor cell signaling will corrupt a specific cell lineage. CD4 positive, CD25 positive, FOXP3 positive. What are those cells? If I asked you that on an exam, of course you would answer those are Tregs. Those are T-regulatory cells, right? Now, those would phenotypically suppress cytotoxic T lymphocyte cell-mediated immunity, right? It's one of their functions is suppression by Treg cells. Now, an excess of intratumoral Treg cells is actually positively correlated with a lower or a suppression of the FOXP3 promoter. Methylation, so you get a lower promoter methylation. And we've seen this in hepatocellular carcinoma, but also in lung cancer and in other peripheral cancers throughout the body. And what it's directly related to, this lower FOXP3 promoter methylation, is an increase in tumor grade and size, thus yielding poor prognoses. Now that's linked to a higher DN methyltransferase 1 activity in T cells. And those can, that actually controls the methylation status of that member of the FOXP3 promoter region and the enhancer regions, all those we talked about, those non coding regions, right? There were actually four of them. So when you get more methylation, you get less tumor growth. Okay. So a FOXP3 intratumoral T cell, therefore, regulates the growth of hepatocellular carcinoma. And aging is associated with increased cancers. And one of the ones that shows up is HCC. And you can see this in the percent of FOXP3 promoter methylation. Okay. So the methylation level decreases as you move through four stages of, H of hepatocellular carcinoma you get less and less methylation and you get more and more non-methylated. 
What that basically means is those FOXP3 cells, when they're unmethylated, the promoter is, you get more FOXP3 expressed, and therefore you get more of a suppression of what would otherwise be a very robust cytotoxic T-cell-mediated immunity or associated diminished capacity for the cancer to move through the various stages. Again, when you decrease the amount of methylation, you also, uh, uh, on the promoter, on FOXP3 promoter and resident intratumoral FOXP3 expressing T regulatory cells, when you decrease that methylation, you get larger sized tumors. So you move through the stages from stage one to four, which is the most severe, and you also get a larger tumor when you start to diminish the methylation pattern. And the methylation pattern of FOXP3 promoter regions is directly related to the number of FOXP3 positive, that is CD4 positive, CD25 positive, FOXP3 positive, Treg cells intratumorally. That actually decreases the methylation pattern, the, the higher level of Treg cells in the tumor. Now, I'm going to go to a paper that was published recently. It was published in a book called The Biochemistry and Cell Biology of Aging, Part 2, and it's a clinical science uh, monograph. And this paper is called The Immune System and Its Dysregulation with Aging. First author is Ludmilla Mueller. So this is a paper, uh, this is a paper from a, a book published by Springer. Now, to be precise, if not also accurate, immunosenescence doesn't sensu stricto obtain immune response failure solely on the basis of a chronological age. There are actually discrete changes that are mapped to the aging process, but by no means is there any uh, specific established rate constant. As a biochemist, I like to think about rate constants, right? So, for example, circuitry counts of naive T and B cells diminish with age, but memory cells, the, the amount of memory cells increases. So the total level of lymphocytes doesn't seem to change much. Now, as pointed out here in authentic biochemistry, this T cell drive toward memory is of no small consequence. This, it, it's, again, the result of thymic involution. So that memory cell replacement is associated with increase in infection rates and canonical disease states closely associated with aging and mortality can thus be predicted by classical biochemical principles. These diseases, of course, include CVD, cardiovascular disease, cancer, metabolic, and autoimmune presentations. Now, bioenergetics, which helps maintain gene expression patterns, is one pillar of his biochemical principality that's being redirected. High turnover of carbon via cytosolic glycolysis, linked, of course, to the mitochondrial TCA cycle, electron transport chain with oxidative phosphorylation, is all going to support high flux and rate pattern changes of glycoprotein synthesis necessary for a robust cytokine and chemokine production and secretion going through the ER and the Golgi through the plasma membrane, thus stimulating T-cell activation. And of course, that follows 
a potentiation of a pro-inflammatory state. However, fatty acid beta oxidation and delivery of electrons from that bioenergetic process via highly efficient NADH and FADH production will, as long as there's molecular oxygen, will sustain a pro-inflammatory cytokine production while setting a clock for feedback regulation and suppression of the response via the Treg cell signaling. Now, these bioenergetic considerations need to be, I guess, prefaced with the description for the potential for reactive oxygen species production during that electron transport for ATP synthesis. And that's because of an interruption of diatomic oxygen, one electron reduction to water. Now, adding in that bioenergetic influence on transcription factor expression and maturation and the intermediary signal transduction and cascades that contribute to T-cell differentiation into multiple subtypes of all those effector lineages we've described, Th1, Th2, Th17, CD8 positive killer cells, et cetera, all those lineages, all with their coherent chemokine sensing transendothelial agency and gradient-mediated biochemical relocation due to the chemokine, saturation kinetics, all those mechanisms, what you ultimately obtain or find is any number of immunosenescence axes that can be corrupted by cellular aging from a memory-based cellular population. So hopefully that way that I put that together starts to inure you into what we're describing here with immunosenescence and how it can be linked to immunoaging. So hematopoietic stem cell supply chain dynamics coupled with the thymic involution selects for a decreasing T-cell receptor repertoire and that will diminish the potential for T-cell avidity to ongoing pathogen and otherwise um, violated cell response time and precision. Any kind of violation of cell response time and precision. So besides that lymphocytic population-associated aging phenotype that I just now described to you, there are also endothelial, epithelial, and global tissue resident cells become increasingly chronologically senescent. Thus, this is the pure, flat-out immunosenescence. And when that occurs, those cells lose an otherwise sophisticated sensing, intercellular signaling, metabolic switching, and signature chromatin retailering mechanisms that will all collectively obtain a loss of function status over time. So the chronic inflammation of older adults, that's that inflammaging, is a key feature of the enhanced morbid state in the elderly, that chronic inflammation. And that's a key feature there, okay? So what kind of cells? Let's talk about a few cells that we uh, we want to bring into the fore here. We can talk about, as this paper was leading us into, this 2019 paper by Mueller et al. 
We can talk about innate cells such as dendritic cells, monocytes and macrophages, and neutrophils. We can also talk about NK cells, natural killer cells, which basically act like innate immune uh, cells, even though they're from a different lineage. What happens when you age with natural killer cells, NKs? You get a reduced per cell cytotoxicity. You get a decreased signal transduction system, a reduced response to cytokines, so they become insensitive to cytokine signaling. You get an impaired cytokine synthesis and secretion from NK cells, and you get a compensatory increase in cell numbers. So you get higher NK counts, but they're less effective. What about monocytes and macrophages? What happens to them when you get immunosenescence? Reduced expression of the toll-like receptors, the appropriate ones. Remember, there's nine of them at least. You get a dysfunction of the toll-like receptors that are expressed because of modifications of gene expression and potential for mutations and epimutations. You get a reduced chemotaxis and phagocytosis of these macrophages because of these intermolecular signaling disorders. You get, therefore, you get a decreased cytokine production and you get a reduced, this is very significant for macrophages, a reduced major histocompatibility complex expression and all the signaling that goes with that, including, of course, antigen presentation. Dendritic cells, you get reduced numbers. You get impaired function as well. You get an altered cytokine production, uh, much like with the macrophages and the NK cells. You get a failure to stimulate T cells, and, and that's linked to impaired intracellular signaling, often with the IP3 axis. Finally, we can talk about neutrophils. Reduced chemotaxis, dysfunction of the toll-like receptors. You get a reduced MHC expression on neutrophils. You, and which can lead to then neutrophil extracellular trap being generated and not disposed of. You can get impaired signaling and you also oh, intracellularly, and you also get an impaired cytokine production. All these cells suffer that fate. Again, this is all coming from that uh, paper published, Biochemistry, Cellbiology of Aging, 2019, the immune system and its dysregulation with aging. Okay. A little bit more from that paper. We talked about innate immune cells. Remember that, they, for example, an antigen-presenting cell is going to have its toll-like receptor and it's going to bind to a pathogen-associated molecular pattern or PAMP, right? So remember those toll-like receptors are pattern recognition receptors or PRRs, right? Now, what's going on with T lymphocytes? Normally, you get a B-cell-mediated humoral immune response where you get an activated B-cell you get a clonal B cell expansion, which then is transferred to a plasma cell, or transformed, excuse me, into a plasma cell, which is still going to start making antibodies. Ultimately, you also make memory B cells. And all of that is going to be associated with activation of those B cells and, and the B cell response, which is told you the antibody production, for example, from the plasma cell lineage, because of T lymphocyte interaction. And this is going to be associated with cytokine production. So the T-cell-mediated immune response is also going to require, coming from a naive T-cell to a clonal T-cell expansion, those cytotoxic T-cells can work directly with infected cells. Again, this is going to be associated with cytokine communication 
um, back and forth between the infected cell and the cytotoxic T cell. You're going to have a T regulatory modification, and you're also going to make some memory T cells. So with aging, what do you get from that normal immune lymphocytic phenotype with these adaptive immune cell functions? You get an accumulation of memory B cells. You get a reduced IgG affinity. You get a decreased overall antibody repertoire because the memory cells increase. You get a decrease in total B lymphocytic lineages and you get an impaired functionality of either the clonal B cell expansion or of the plasma cell production of immunoglobulin. With T cells, you get impaired differentiation of the naive T cells after or post antigen stimulation. You get functional defects in the T cells. Again, that has to do with bioenergetics, something I just mentioned to you, and that goes through the mTOR pathway and also the PPAR gamma pathway uh, and the CREB pathway and all at the level of transcriptional modifications. And because of that, you get in the T cell lineage impaired signaling. This is all part of the immunosenescent uh, phenotype. Now, one more thing to think about the aged bone marrow. You get a modified composition of the extracellular matrix and the stroma. That means you're going to have an alteration of hemopoietic stem cell production from the bone marrow. Normally, these hemopoietic stem cells will give you myeloid cells and lymphoid cells, of course. And those myeloid cells go up as you go into age, uh, as you age. And the lymphoid lineage decreases directly from that HSC lineage. You also get thymic involution, as I've mentioned now several times. And that, uh, that is going to then alter the amount of T lymphocyte and T lymphocyte receptor mediated response to antigen presenting cells. So, Aging alters that HSC, generating less lymphocytes and more myeloid cells. And during aging, the stromal matrix of the aging bone marrow will produce fewer stromal cells, and that will also decrease the amount of interleukin-7, which basically acts as a growth factor. So bone marrow hemopoietic compartment becomes invaded by fatty adipose tissue, that causes a problem because of the signaling from the fatty, uh, fatty adipose tissue related not just to bioenergetic modifications, but also to the production of reactive oxygen and oxysterol invasion via the orphan receptor uh, pathways, generating, of course, then atherosclerotic plaques throughout that lineage. You get an age-related uh, accumulation of reactive oxygen, and that's going to lead to DNA damage, chromatin instability, or CIN, which is going to give you modifications of epigenetic reprogramming, rewriting, rereading. And you're going to always, of course, have telomere attrition. And that will accelerate chromatin instability, leading to genomic instability, and that leads to hematopoietic stem cell apoptosis. It can also lead to oncogenesis because of lack of control of cell division. And that especially occurs in the myeloid lineage. And so 
what you end up getting as well as this lymphocytic um, dysfunction, you can increase the potential for development of a myelocytic dysplasia, which can lead then to different forms of leukemias and lymphomas. You get an osteoblastic differentiation from human mesenchymal stem cells, and that will be typically a very important negative modification uh, of these uh, HSC cells from the bone tissue. And because you have adipose, you get adipose-derived progenitor cells, and you get thymic epithelial cells also being generated, and these are going to become dysfunctional, all linked again to this immunosenescent process. So a major feature of all this is inflammaging. Remember, it's chronic, low-grade, self-activating, immuno uh, and inflammatory illness. Inflammaging may be another innate pathophenotype, pathophysiological phenotype of the SASP. Remember, that's senescence-associated secretary phenotype. But it's not no longer considered a, that's the only way to describe inflammation because you also generate an autoreactive T-cell lineage. And so then it starts to look more like an autoimmune response or, in fact, an autoimmune disorder. So we're about ready to stop here. And I am going to stop because I'm almost out of time. We've led now back into some of the very specific features of immunosenescence. And we started to get into inflammation. Uh, next time we pick up on uh, our lectures, we're going to finish on inflammation. It's Dr. Dan Guerra on Saturday, the 13th of November, 2021, from Authentic Biochemistry, saying hope you have a pleasant evening and bye for now.